everyone. What a morning to be here. Come on, the smoke's not gonna stop us. We're just gonna keep going. Um, let's see if I do this right. All right. Well, today we, um, we're gonna be going through Acts 9 again. And if you guys were here with me last week, um, I did the beginning part of it and I might go over some of that again, so just bear with me. I just felt like the Lord last week, he had a specific direction that we were going. And so I shared about Saul's life. I shared about the conversion that we're gonna talk a little bit about today, but then he had me sharing some other things. And so if you didn't hear that, you guys can go back online and listen to that message. But this morning we are gonna be going through the book, um, uh, chapter nine in Acts. And I just wanna jump in uh, this morning and ask, we're talking through Acts. See, Acts is a book that we've been in for probably the last few months. And what we know is that when Jesus, he rose from the dead and then he was on the earth for 40 days. And then right before he ascended into heaven, he told the disciples, I need to go because the gift that the father has for you is super important and you're going to want it. And so wait in the upper, or wait in Jerusalem and that gift is going to come to you. So in Acts 2, we've gone over this. In Acts 2, uh, the Holy Spirit falls. It's the day of Pentecost. There's 120 people in the upper room and they receive the Spirit of God in them. And it's an incredible story. And so then the gospel of Jesus is then being shared everywhere. And people are starting to follow the way, which means that they're coming to know Jesus at a personal level and they're being filled with the Spirit. And it's thousands of people are coming to know Jesus. So it's like the word is out of who Jesus is and people wanna know him, okay? And this is an exciting time. So they're now living this new life. See, they walked, some of these people walked the earth with Jesus. They knew him personally, but now he's gone. So now they're in this new way of life. They're in this new way of life of having the Holy Spirit in them and being able to start hearing from him. They start seeing things that are different. We've been talking about this through the, the book of Acts. And so they're starting to learn what it is to not have Jesus physically with them, but to have Holy Spirit in them. And again, it's an exciting time, but it's all new to them. And so they're seeing miracles take place. You know, when Jesus was on earth, they saw him performing miracles all the time but now they're seeing it. They're seeing it in their life. If you go back to Acts 3, uh, Peter and John, they're normal guys that walked with Jesus. And then they're walking, they're doing something that they would normally do, now filled with the spirit. And their eyes are opened and they see this guy that is always at the gate on their way to the temple. He's always there every single day. But this day their eyes are opened and they see him. And that day he gets healed because they know what they carry. They know the Holy Spirit's in them. He directed them to that guy and the guy got, got healed. So people are getting saved. They're hearing this good news of Jesus and their lives are being changed. And then they're telling others of Jesus. And so there are many that are now following the way. And then there's this dude named Saul. And we started talking about him last week. Saul is a Jewish leader and he is an angry guy. He is one that does not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And so he is doing everything he can to stop people from believing that Jesus is the Messiah and coming to know him. He is ticked off that this is going on. So he's like, okay, I've got a plan. So he's going from city to city, getting Christians arrested, 
brought before the courts, and he's pleading that they would be killed because that's how he thinks that it's gonna get stopped. He thinks that this is, there are lies being spoken, we gotta stop it, so let's just kill everybody. That's his grand idea, right? But then the crazy thing happens is he's on his way to Damascus, he's on a war path. He is ready, he's got letters in hand, he is ready to go and stop in people in Damascus from serving Jesus. And uh, what happens is he encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus. He, a, a flash of light comes down and he falls to the ground and he hears a voice and the voice says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I said this last week, but the crazy thing is, is Saul knew exactly who it was. Saul knew that it was Jesus. And it says this in verse five of Acts nine, who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am Jesus who you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. So then the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. When they heard the sound but did not see anyone, um, it freaked them out, so yeah. But Saul got up from the ground, but when they opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand to Damascus, and for three days he was blind, and he did not eat or drink anything. So this is a crazy story. And I just want to say, like, one thing that the Lord just keeps saying to me is there's no one too far gone for God to encounter. There's no one too far gone that has done too bad of a thing, that's walked too far away, that wants nothing to do with God. There is no one too far gone that God cannot encounter and change the whole direction of their life. And that is proof in what we're seeing in Saul. And honestly, that should give us some hope. Really, because I think that probably every one of us in here can say, I know of someone and it's just, they seem like they're too far gone. They seem like there's no way that I'm probably ever gonna see that person come to know Jesus. I think in our heart of hearts, we hope that they are, right? We really want everyone to come to know Jesus and to, to know what we know about him in this relationship. But I think that Saul in this whole conversion of what God did in his life should give us hope that they're not too far gone and we can still keep praying for them. We can still influence their life and show them who Jesus is, but he can encounter their life and he can completely change the direction of their life in one moment. So Saul, he's getting led by the hand to Damascus and then he waits because he's needing direction. And it says that he waits for three days. He doesn't eat or he doesn't drink. He just sits there and he waits. And so then there's this guy, Ananias, and I talked to you guys about him last week as well. Ananias, he's a godly man and he loves the Lord and he gave the Lord his yes. He said yes to God to wherever you want me to go. So it says this in verse 10, and in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias and the Lord uh, called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. And the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Taurus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. So here's the thing, Christians are being persecuted. They are being killed. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows that it's Saul. So now Ananias is getting this word from Jesus and he's like, okay, you're telling me that you want me to go to the house where the guy is that's killing all of us, all of us that love you, all of us that are filled with your spirit, all of us that know that you are the Messiah. 
You want me to go to this guy's house and you, you're telling me that it's cool, that you, you want to restore this guy's sight and we're good here, right? This has got to be a little scary. And for good reason, you know he's going to question the Lord. I don't know if any of you have ever questioned the Lord. I do it often. Are you sure about that? Are you sure that you're telling me? No, I don't know if I got that one right, right? That's got to be what this guy's doing because he's fearing for his life at this point. But this is what it says in uh, verse 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and the people of Israel. And I think the thing that we can point out here is that we have no idea what God is up to. We may think that we have an idea, but we have no idea what God's up to. All that is required of us is to trust him. And when he says go, we get to say, yes, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go in the direction that you're telling me. That looks a little scary, but I'm gonna trust you because you are good and you are faithful and you have led me this far and I'm gonna trust you. And sometimes we need to work out that trust thing in our heart, right? A lot of times we need to wrestle that out so that we can say that. I don't know about you guys and where you're at with the Lord and trusting him. Maybe you've had some hard stuff happen in your life and you're like, I don't know if I can truly trust God. I would say, take that to him. He's not afraid of that. And he wants you to wrestle that out so that when he does say go, just like Ananias, you're gonna go, all right, let's go. That seems a little scary, but I'm ready to go. Ananias was faithful and he was obedient, even in the face of what this fear was of maybe my life is over here. He still went forward. And I'll just be honest, you guys, I've missed it a lot of times with the Lord. I haven't always said yes. And I've walked with the Lord my whole life. But there are many times where I've missed it and I've missed what he could have done in that moment and seeing his goodness take place. But there are the times when I have said yes, and it is crazy good. It is a miracle that I've, I've seen so many miracles take place because I said, okay, I'm gonna trust you in this. This looks a little nuts, but I'm gonna trust you. And he has shown up big time. Ananias, he followed the leading of the Lord in the face of what could have happened to him, fully trusting the Lord in that moment. And he saw a miracle right before his eyes. It says this in... Um, Verse 17, then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. And he has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. See, Ananias was there. He was faithful to trust the Lord and to say yes and to go after that. And because of it, he saw a miracle take place right in front of him. It wasn't about him. It was just all about what the Lord was asking him to do. And God moved and scales. Can you even imagine looking at someone and something like scales fell, fell from their eyes? That is crazy, but he can do it. Right, And he did it here and this was a miracle. And I'm sure that this story of Saul was all over the place. I'm sure people were telling this story and they were like, can you believe what God did? Can you believe it? And I'm sure people came to know Jesus because of what happened in this moment. I'll tell you guys a story of um, a guy that I knew growing up. Uh, he was my dad's best friend. His name was Michael. 
and he was a jerk. <laughs> Flat out, meanest guy I've ever met in my entire life. Honestly, I couldn't figure out why my dad was friends with this guy. He was a jerk, he was rude, he was negative all the time. He was always making fun of us. You know, he mocked our relationship with Jesus. It was constant, but he was in my life for over 40 years. He was my dad's best friend for 40 years. And you know, he had a hard life growing up. He really did. You know, he got hurt by his family. He had to grow up on his own at a certain young age. He had to fight for everything that he had. You know, he got hurt by the church. Um, he had family and friends that had left him. So this guy had a really hard life. He had every right to be angry and mad. And he just, he didn't like God at all. He didn't want anything to do with God. And so my dad who loves Jesus was this faithful friend that stuck with him. You know, Michael, he was married, he had a son and they left him because seriously, he was so mean and angry all the time that they just couldn't do it anymore. And uh, there was this day, you know, I, I tried to avoid him as much as possible growing up and, and everything. And so when I knew that he was at my parents' house, I just wouldn't go. But this one day I drive up to my parents' house and I pull in the driveway and I'm like, dang it, Michael's here, his truck's here. And I was just like, oh, I do not have the energy for this. Cause there are days where I can just avoid it and it's like, whatever. But I just didn't have the energy for this this day. And uh, I get out of my car and Michael walks up to me and he's like, hey, Kimberly, how are you? And he always calls me Kimberly, but usually he says, Kimberly. Right, seriously, oh, how's it going, Kimberly? Like he doesn't care how, it go, how's, how it's going. But to this day, he's like looking at me and he's like, hey, Kimberly, how are you? What's going on in your life? And I'm like looking at my dad and I'm like, what's happening? Why are you being nice? Like seriously. And you know, my dad's just smiling. And I'm like, this is a prank, right? What do you want? Like seriously, what's going on? And he comes up to me and he has tears in his eyes, Michael does. And he has tears in his eyes and he's like, hey, he's like, I met Jesus and I totally love him. And I just looked at him. I was like, yeah, right. No way. Like, seriously? And he's like, I'm being serious. And my dad's just like, so excited, right? And I'm like, what? Because here's the thing. I never thought I would ever see Michael come to know Jesus, ever. He, wa he wanted nothing to do with it. But I, I don't know exactly every detail of what happened, but I do know that he was alone working on something one day and he was at his house. He had lost everything, right? My dad was seriously the only person in his life and he's working on something and all of a sudden he audibly heard the voice of God call him by name. It's not a joke. And he was like, I, I, who's talking to me? And he's looking around and the Lord meets him in that moment. And he calls my dad and he's like, what is happening? And my dad led him to the Lord. Okay, this was an incredible thing. And you could tell that everything had changed in his life, in his demeanor, in his face, in how like he, he just was different. The way he talked was different. And the thing is, is he had 15 years on this planet with Jesus before cancer took him and he went home to Jesus. But everywhere he went, he shared about this experience that he had with Jesus and who Jesus was. His whole life was different because of what God had done in his life. 
Whoever you think is too far away, just know that God is pursuing them and he isn't gonna stop. One encounter with him can change everything. It can change everything. Acts 9.19 says, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the son of God. And all those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners as, to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Messiah. See, when, when Saul came to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he was filled with the Spirit. So he does what anyone who has had a huge transformation in their life does. He starts telling everybody about Jesus. He starts preaching wherever they'll let him preach and letting people know of this man that changed his whole life, the whole direction of his life. And now everyone around him is confused because wasn't this the guy that was out there killing Christians and now he says he's a Christian? What is happening? And it says this in verse 23, after many days had gone by, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill him. And Saul learned of their plan and day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through the opening in the wall. In verse 26, it says, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him in and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. And he talked and debated with the, I can't even say that word, Jews, um, but uh, they tried to kill him. <laughs> and when the believers learned this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Taurus. So I can imagine that it was really hard for people to believe that there really was this radical transformation in Saul and that he wasn't like playing them to actually get in there and do something to him. Like that's gotta be hard. You know, like I said with Michael, it was really hard for me to believe it. It took a while for me to really see that there was a change and go, man, you really are different. But, but Barnabas, he saw what God was doing and he took him under his wing to help him out. And then the disciples were teaching him and giving him space to teach. Who better to teach than someone who's radically been changed by the Lord? Who better to share about Jesus than someone that has had a full-on transformation in their life? When Jesus changes someone's life, they start walking with him and get the opportunity to believe, we get the opportunity to believe God and believe that miracles do happen and that people's lives can be changed. And here's the thing about us is we never know what's gonna happen when we say yes to God. We never know what kind of a person God's gonna put in our path. My dad, he didn't always love Michael, right? Like Michael was a jerk a lot of times, but God knew that he was doing, or my dad knew that God was doing something in his life and was gonna, he was gonna see it take place. And so you never know who God's putting in your life, but I would say don't write people off. 
Don't write them off if they're different than you or if they think different than you or if they're debating you about whatever. Maybe you have a view about this and they're different than you. I would say, get in there, have a conversation, show them who Jesus is. And let's just see what God's gonna do in their life. He wants to give us eyes to see people the way that he does. He wants us to speak his heart to others. And honestly, the way that we speak and the way that we act, it's an example of who he is every single day. You may not understand that people are watching your life all the time, but they are. And how we're handling this, what we're in right now, how we're handling hard situations in in family or how we're communicating with others, people are watching and they're seeing Jesus in us or they're not. But I promise you, as they see Jesus in you, they're gonna want him. At the end of Acts 9, there's a few stories about Peter and I'm just gonna share this one. Peter's an apostle. He was one that walked with God or with Jesus. He was in the upper room when the Holy Spirit fell. So he's the one that's seen things different and moving about and telling people about Jesus. He knows the authority that's in his life because of who's in him, who he's walking with. And it says this in verse 32, as Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydia. And there he found a man named Aeneas who was paralyzed and who had been bedridden for eight years. Aeneas, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat. And immediately Aeneas got up and all those who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Do you know that God still does things like this today? He does miracles and he heals people today. Peter knew the authority that he walked in and he knew that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he saw a man, God directed him to someone and the gift of healing came out of his life. And he said, in in Jesus name, stand up. He didn't pray and beg and, you know, all the things that sometimes we do. And I'm not saying praying is bad. Praying is good. But sometimes we get to a place where we're just begging God and we get to have his authority and saying, hey, this is a moment. God brought me to this person, to this moment. And in the name of Jesus, I'm declaring healing over your body. Right? This does happen today. I want to see this in my life. I want God to move through me like that. I don't want to miss it. You know, oftentimes I miss it because I'm so scared. I have my own fears. Ananias, he didn't have any fear. I mean, he had fear, but he still said, yes, I got to push past my fear. Maybe you do too. And say yes to God, wherever he's directing. What is it that God's showing you? Are you paying attention and willing to go where that he's leading you to go? I know it can be scary, And like I said, I've been totally scared myself at times. But I know that if we're gonna see people come to know Jesus in our lifetime, if we're gonna see people get healed in our lifetime, it's gonna take us hearing from the Lord, having our eyes open and going where he's telling us to go and just saying, we have authority in us. The power and authority of Holy Spirit is in us. And if he's directing you to someone, go to them. Pray for them, declare his healing over them. And I get it, you guys, we've prayed for people and they haven't been healed. 
And then we've prayed for people and they have been healed. I have no idea what that's about. That's something that I have to wrestle with a lot. And we all get to wrestle with that. But here's the thing is, I, I wanna keep doing what he's telling me to do. And I wanna tell the testimonies of his goodness to others because I know it's going to change people. I know that they're gonna hear about Jesus and go, I want that. I wanna know him. Tell me about him. A few years ago, um, this is a crazy story, you guys. A few years ago, I, uh, I saw this guy in worship across the way and uh, I didn't know him. We were Facebook friends, but that's just because I'm a pastor here. And so, I don't know, we became friends on Facebook. I honestly think we had only said hi to each other one time before. And so this guy's across the way and the Lord is like, just keeps drawing my eyes to this person. And I'm like, okay, what, you know, what's going on, Lord? And just wanting to be aware of what he's doing and, and just really saying, okay, I'll go. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? But this day he's like, I have a word for him. Let's go. And I said, okay, what's the word? And I've told you guys, I do this often with him. Tell me what the word is and then I'll go. Cause I'm gonna assess it and make sure that it's good. And then maybe I'll actually give it to him. But until you tell me, I don't wanna go. And he, he does this with me all the time where he's like, just go. Kim, just listen to me. I have something for him, just go. And so I go a little scared, a little anxious, right? It's like, okay, you're gonna show up, right? You are gonna show up, you've got something. Cause I'm gonna look like an idiot if you don't. And he, you know, he of course shows up. So I go and I put my hand on this guy's shoulder and his wife's there and I know her. And I said, hey, I, uh, I don't know. The Lord's been highlighting you to me all morning. And as I put my hand on his shoulder, what I saw in his chest was a volcano erupting. It's a very weird picture. But my eyes are open to see because Holy Spirit's in me. He shows me things. He shows you things if you want to see, right? So I see a volcano erupting in this guy's chest. And I just, I'm like boldly start to speak what God put on my heart. I honestly can't remember all the words that he said. But what I do remember is the Lord said, as you draw near to me, the eruption of this volcano, the lava is gonna come and it's gonna kill the cancer cells in your body. Because this guy had stage four cancer and they were not given him more than eight months to live. That is a bold statement, but it was not me. It was totally the Lord. And I was shaking and I'm like, God, what are you doing? But I knew in that moment that the gift of healing was coming out of my life and that God was gonna meet this guy. And I didn't know what was happening, but I prayed with him and his wife and I walked back to my seat. And as I sat down, when Ryan got up to give the message, I, my phone beeped and I had a, a message on Facebook Messenger because that's where we communicated. And he said, you have no idea what you just did. He said, for the last year, he's like, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been doing in my life. I've been studying volcanoes for a year. And God's speaking to me through that picture. I know that he's gonna heal me and I'm drawing near to him. And it was one month later that I got a message from him that said, hey, I went to the doctor and there's no trace of cancer in my body. That is a miracle. I don't wanna miss those things. We don't have to miss those things. The Holy Spirit lives in us. If we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit in you. 
And he wants to show you things. He wants to show you people. He wants to heal people. He wants to meet people. He wants you to be his hands and feet in this world. But we have to be willing to push past our fears and our anxieties and what ifs and just go. And what if we miss it? What if we mess up? It's okay. All he says, I'm sorry, at least I tried. I'm gonna keep praying for that. You know, like, it's okay. And here's the thing too, you know, I, I miss it all the time of even just stepping out. Three weeks ago, I was with my sisters in, uh, in Central Oregon for a wedding and we were in this store and God directed me to this person and I was just too busy. See, I get it wrong a lot, but you know what it grieves my heart? is my sister is married to a woman and she was there with me, all of them were. And I thought, man, what would have happened if I went and did that and what would you have done in her life? And I'm not saying I won't ever get an opportunity or that God's not pursuing my sister and her wife. I think he is, but I, I missed it and I don't wanna miss it anymore. We don't know who's watching our lives. We don't know what God's gonna do through us, but we get to walk out in obedience, just like we're reading here in Acts 9. And we get to see God do incredible things if we say yes to him. I think that's all I have. So how about we stand? (laughs) This is a good morning. I'm just gonna ask you guys to close your eyes. And Jesus, we just thank you that you are moving today. We thank you that you're moving through our lives today. We thank you that you are residing in us, Holy Spirit, and that you have so much more than we can ever imagine that you wanna do through our lives and around us. And Jesus, I just pray that you would just be ministering to every heart this morning that we would be people that say yes to you at all times, that we would be people that are, are not put off by somebody that might be different than us or we're not afraid of, of, of what someone might think, but we actually just step out. We befriend people. We, we go and we minister your heart to people and knowing that it's okay if we get it wrong. You're not mad about that, but you're gonna do it again and you're gonna give us another shot because you want to move. You want to move in this valley. You want to move in our families. You want to move in our state and in our nation. Jesus, we need you to move. Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts. I just pray that we'd be obedient to your voice and that we would come back with amazing testimonies that are going to draw people to you. We trust you to move in the name of Jesus. Amen.